Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome warriors. Tonight, our selection is from the book, The Warrior Ethos by Stephen Pressfield. Tonight we'll be going through a few of the very short chapters in his book. Stephen Pressfield is a former Marine, and in 2003 he was made an honorary citizen by the city of Sparta in Greece. He's fought in uniform and writes books for warriors. He takes us through different stories of warriors through history and relates back to us the ethos behind their brave actions. You are a warrior. You travel your own path to be the best you and fight with courage, honor, strength, and mastery to rise and be reborn as the hero of your own life story. The author, he gets that. He has lived as a warrior, writes about what it means to be a warrior, and how it applies to your life, all while pulling from stories from real-life warriors and heroes from history. That's what Warrior Reads is all about. As far as why he wrote the book, he puts it best when he says this. What is the warrior ethos? Where did it come from? What form does it take today? This volume is my attempt to address these questions. The book makes no claim to provide an ultimate definitive answer. It's just one man's thoughts and observations on the subject. The Warrior Ethos was my attempt to address these questions, and written for our men and women in uniform, but its utility, I hope, will not be limited to the sphere of literal armed conflict. We all fight wars, in our work, within our families, and abroad in the wider world. Each of us struggles every day to define and defend our sense of purpose and integrity, to justify our existence on the planet, and to understand, if only within our own hearts, who we are and what we believe in. We are all warriors. Do we fight by a code? If so, what is it? What is the warrior ethos? How do we and how can we use it? and be true to it in our internal and external lives. As always, you can read this book at any time in the future, and it's worth the read. But now is the time to let go of the day and its struggles, and prepare for well-deserved rest. As you relax and let go, allow the message of the warrior ethos to resonate within you, and inspire and equip your inner warrior for the battles you will soon face. 
So relax and enjoy. And we'll start off with a quote. The Spartans do not ask how many are the enemy, but where are they? Plutarch from the Sayings of the Spartans. Chapter 1. Tough Mothers. Three Stories from Ancient Sparta. A messenger returned to Sparta from battle. The women clustered around. To one, the messenger said, Mother, I bring sad news. Your son was killed facing the enemy. The mother said, He is my son. Your other son is alive and unhurt, said the messenger. He fled from the enemy. The mother said, He is not my son. A different messenger returned from battle and was hailed by a Spartan mother. How fares our country, Harold? The messenger burst into tears. Mother, I pity you, he said. All five of your sons have been killed facing the enemy. You fool, said the woman. I did not ask of my sons. I asked whether Sparta was victorious. Indeed, mother, our warriors have prevailed. Then I am happy, said the mother, and she turned and walked home. Two warriors, brothers, were fleeing from the enemy back towards the city. Their mother happened to be on the road and saw them running towards her. She lifted her skirts above her waist. Where do you think you're running? Back here from whence you came? The most famous Spartan mother story is also the shortest. A Spartan mother handed her son his shields as he prepared to march off to battle. She said, come back with this or on it. That's a warrior culture. That's the warrior ethos. A Spartan colonel, a man in his 50s, was accused of accepting bribes in an overseas command. When his mother back home learned of this, she wrote him the following letter. Either quit your thieving or quit breathing. The warrior ethos embodies certain virtues, courage, honor, loyalty, integrity, selflessness, and others that most warrior societies believe must be included from birth. In Sparta, every newborn boy was brought before the magistrates to be examined for physical hardiness. If a child was judged unfit, he was taken to the wild gorge on Mount Tagetos, the mountain overlooking the city, and left for the wolves. We have no reports of a mother weeping or protesting. Let's move to chapter 3, East of Eden. Where did the warrior ethos come from? Why would anyone choose this hard, dangerous life? What could be the philosophy behind such a choice? An answer may come from the Garden of Eden, which is an archetypal myth common to many cultures other than our own Judeo-Christian one. God sets up Adam and Eve in paradise, where all their needs are met without effort. But he warns them, don't go near the tree in the center of the garden. Of course, they do. The mother and father of the human race chooses to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In other words, they choose to become human. They acquire a quality of consciousness that, until now, has been the possession of God alone. 
God kicks them out into the land of Nod, east of Eden. And here is the curse he lays upon Adam and Eve, and by extension, upon the human race forever. Henceforth shalt thou eat bread in the sweat of thy face. In other words, from now on, you humans have to work for a living. No more picking fruit for free from the trees. From now on, you have to hunt. You have to chase wild animals and kill them before they kill you. Adam and Eve became the primitive hunting band. The hunting band became the tribe, and the tribe became the army. The warrior ethos evolved from the primary need of the spear-toting, rock-throwing, animal-skin-wearing hunting band, the need to survive. This need could be met only collectively as a group working in unison. To bind the band together, an ethos evolved, a hunter's ethos. Every warrior virtue proceeds from this courage, selflessness, love of loyalty into one's comrades, patience, self-command, the will to endure adversity. It all comes from the hunting band's need to survive. At a deeper level, the warrior ethos recognizes that each of us, as well, has enemies inside himself. Vices and weaknesses like envy and greed, laziness, selfishness, the capacity to lie and cheat and do harm to our brothers. The tenets of the warrior ethos, directed inward, inspire us to contend against and defeat those enemies within our own hearts. Chapter 4 Lord of the Battlefield Alexander the Great, towards the end of his life, frequently stayed up all night, sacrificing to the god Fear. Why? Because the ancient way of war was characterized by fear. The warrior ethos evolved as a counterpoise to fear. In the era before gunpowder, all killing was of necessity, done hand to hand. For a Greek or Roman warrior to slay his enemy, he had to get so close to him that there was equal chance that the enemy's sword or spear would kill him. This produced an ideal of manly virtue, Andrea in Greek, that prized valor and honor as highly as victory. Be brave, my heart, wrote the poet and mercenary Archilochus. Plant your feet and square your shoulders to the enemy. Meet him among the man-killing spears. Hold your ground. In victory, do not brag. In defeat, do not weep. The ancients resisted innovation in warfare because they feared it would rob the struggle of honor. King Aegeus was shown the new catapult, which could shoot a killing dart 200 yards. When he saw this, he wept. Alas, he said, valor is no more. The god who ruled the battlefield was Phobos, fear. The instinct of self-preservation, chapter five. Some say that self-preservation is the strongest instinct of all, not only in humans, but in all animal life. 
fear of death, the imperative to survive. Nature has implanted this in all living creatures. The warrior ethos evolved to counter the instinct of self-preservation. Against this natural impulse to flee from danger, specifically from an armed and organized human enemy, the warrior ethos enlists three other equally innate and powerful human impulses. Shame, honor, and love. Chapter 6. Right and Wrong The concepts of shame, honor, and love imply moral judgment, right and wrong, virtues and vices. The natural evolution spawned instinct of self-preservation becomes viewed within the context of an ethical code and indicated as wrong, evil, cowardly, depraved. Its opposite, courage, is judged by that same code and declared to be good, brave and honorable. The Spartan king Agesilaus was once asked what was the supreme warrior virtue from which all other virtues derived. He replied, contempt for death. Courage, in particular, stalwartness in the face of death, must be considered the foremost warrior virtue. A detachment of Romans was cut off in the waterless place. The enemy commander demanded their surrender. The Romans refused. You are surrounded, declared the enemy captain in exasperation. You have neither food nor water. You have no choice but to surrender. The Roman commander replied, No choice? Then have you taken away as well the option to die with honor? The dictionary defines ethos as the moral character, nature, disposition, and customs of people or culture. Ethos is derived from the same Greek root as ethics. The warrior ethos is a code of conduct, a conception of right and wrong of virtues and vices. No one is born with the warrior ethos, though many of its tenets appear naturally in young men and women of all cultures. The warrior ethos is taught. On the football field in Topeka, in the mountains of Hindu Kush, on the lion-infested plains of Kenya in Tanzania, courage is molded for the youth by fathers and older brothers, by mentors and elders. It is inculcated in almost all cultures by a regimen of training and discipline. This discipline frequently culminates in an ordeal of initiation. The Spartan youth receives his shield. The paratrooper is awarded his wings. The Afghan boy is handed his AK-47. Chapter 7. 